Welcome to this week's adventures of the Yellow Peril and Magical Negro. Well, I'll give a forewarning now. Unfortunately, Magical Negro has been stricken by the white man's flu virus. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what this shit is, but it's hell. I It's basically three strikes this week. I quit cigarettes, so I'm a week out of that. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm made of 50% mucus and 50% whiskey regret. Mm. So I don't give a fuck right now. Which might be the perfect time, because we're talking about bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, so how about we start with, like, um, catch-up and this is my shit, huh? Yes. Uh, do you have anything? Um, oh, man. I just, I made this giant list of anime shows yesterday uh, that are pretty good. Um, still watching Parasite, still watching um, Death Parade, um, and enjoying those. Uh, and I got into a com- I got into a manga that is problematic, but plot-wise amazing, and I'm just irritated at the amount of things like this. Like, yeah. You are preaching. Yeah. Um, I, I'm rereading Martha Wells' Rexora books. Okay. Because I got the arc of the second collection of her short stories and novellas set in the world, and now I'm rereading the series for like the fifth time. Mm. If I haven't talked about Martha Wells before, I have been remiss. I love her. Um, the Raxora books are some of my all-time favorite books. Shapeshifters, matriarchy, magic, polyamory, queerness, it's all there. And it's subtle. So it's one of those things where you're like, if you weren't looking, like I've talked to people, right, and they're like, they're not poly. I'm like, did you miss the part where this boy is his favorite? Did mm-hmm. you miss that entirely? So I love her, and if you can, I recommend Wheel of the Infinite. Mm-hmm. To everyone. It's out of print, but I think she's selling the ebook on her website. Um, it's basically a 50-year-old black woman who's a priestess um, of a god that they don't worship anymore because shit went down. Mm. Who runs into, like, this 30-something white boy warrior who sees her, like, I might be misremembering because it's been a while, but he sees her take out this whole group of people who attack her and basically sort of falls for her. <laughs> and it's like... So, I'm just going to follow you. And she's like, oh, fine. I've been married, like, three times before. <laughs> I am not interested, but if you want to follow, like, that's fine. And so they end up, like, sort of journeying together with her being like, "Ugh, this boy is just in love with me, and I don't know what to do. It's so good. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I love that. Especially book. since one of the things I am enjoying. Um, so this manga I've been reading, uh, Ubel Blot, which is... <sighs> So problematic on gender stuff. Uh huh. Um, there is a side character who's super awesome. She's basically the head of a uh, of the Imperial Sword School. Ooh. And the thing is, you know, basically the entire empire is going to pieces, and people are turning to dark magic, and all kinds of fucked up shits happening. As you do. But she's just like, fuck it. I'm just sticking with the sword. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like people show up and they're like. Well, if you if you drank this magic potion and became, like, a half-monster like the rest of us, you'd be super strong. She's like, nah, I'm good, right? And she's just schooling people. So that part is really cool, but I have the feeling it's like you're just going to stay a side character because... You're a woman. Yeah, exactly. Shonen manga is fucked up. Uh, um, should we just jump into the topic? Because the topic is big. Oh, my God, yes. Let's okay, go. so we got superheroes, whitewashed and racist. Oh, heavenly Jesus, here we go. Yeah, and, and we're definitely not going to hit close to 
a percentage um, out of all the Oh shit. my god, we can't. Unless um, we do like a 24 hour Do we want to start with whitewashed or do we want to start with racist? Let's start with. Well, do you have a preference? Because they're both equally fucked. They're both equally fucked. I feel whitewashed is more complicated, whereas, whereas racist is more like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, you you pick. Alright, let's start with racist. Let's start Wee. with Mandrill. Okay, so, shall shall I give the short version, or do you want to give the short version you, of Mandrill? You go with it, I cannot handle Reed. So, Mandrill, you know, if you didn't know anything about him, you know, you open up the comic, and it's this monkey-looking dude, right? Literally looks like a baboon. Right, okay, he's Mandrill, we've got Lizard Man, we've got Vulture, yeah. you know, these kind of things are not unusual. But if you know more of the backstory, oh, yeah. So, one, he was originally a white man who, I guess his mom was caught in a radiation blast, and so he was born with black skin. Uh-huh. And his magical power is to control women with the power of his pheromones. Yep. So, we have black people as monkeys... And we have, like, the fear of the black penis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rape and all that. All, all in one. But he's a white man, in theory. In theory, yeah. In theory. And he, let's see, he created a cult of black women to overthrow America. He, <laughs> oh, he falls in love with a black woman who was caught in the same situation, yes, I, and she has white skin. I wondered if you were going to bring up Necra. I, I remembered <laughs> something vaguely about her, but last night I looked it up, and it's so much worse than what I thought. Oh my god. So, so, so they, they run away together, and a mob tries to lynch them. Yep. And her power is she's super strong and invulnerable against pain and damage by anger. So by being an angry black woman, <laughs> her powers kick in. Oh, Jesus. And, I mean... And, and this is one of those things where, like, normally what happens when you have something this racist in comics is as the decades go by, you just stop having that character show up. The character's just gone. We right. don't need to talk about where they went. They right. just disappear. They just disappear. They keep bringing him back. I think he showed up for Civil War. I dropped out of a lot of comics by the early 2000s. But he showed up, and I think, I was just like, wow. There's so much white people issues wrapped up in this whole character concept. It's the most, one of the most horrific characters that continues to be drawn. And I don't understand why. He doesn't have an interesting power set. Putting aside the entire ball of racist white fears, he doesn't have an interesting power set. He doesn't have a fan base. He's not even like a good B list hero. Exactly. Like, like B list heroes here, like, yeah, no one really cares about the Ronopolis, but he keeps showing up in Spider Man comics, so it's like he's an old fan favorite just when you need someone to beat up. Exactly. Like, he's not even that, right? It's like, who likes Mandrill? Who's demanding more Mandrill in their comics? I right. don't know. Right. Um, I just. Uh... So, that was super fucked up, but that led me down a path. Oh, shit. So, okay, on the notes of white fears about black people, I found out about Tyrock. Why does this sound familiar, and why do I Apparently, he was, like, in the Legion of Superheroes, only briefly. He was a slave 
Oh, that became shit. a black separatist. Oh, shit. And he I was remember. the only black guy to show up in that comic. Oh. Yes. I remember now. And even other, like, fair, even other, like, white comic authors who are not known to be super progressive are like, this is fucking offensive. Yeah. Like, like, this is, what are you doing? Right. Oh, God. I forgot about him. Yeah. I feel like the universe is going to punish you for reminding me. But now that, then let's keep going. I did not know, like, there's a, like I said, I got out by, like, the late 90s, yeah. right? So I didn't really follow ecstatic comics. Oh, ecstatic. Anarchist. The black superhero who was adopted by a white couple and tried to wash his blackness off. Yes. And was called Captain Coconut. Yeah. I am just like, this was made in 2001. That's the thing that gets me. I'm like, if you made some stupidly racist shit in the 40s, I'm like, I'm not going to say okay, but I see how that happened. Yeah. But 2001, I'm like, what made you think that was okay? Like. Oh my God. It's. uh, Here's the. Oh God. <laughs> you want to go in? Because I, I still have more. I looked up a slow last night. <laughs> One of the things that I was going to say about the racist, uh, racist characters is that occasionally you get a character who has a sort of racist backstory, but is still a good character. Right, they manage to turn it around, right? Cloak and Dagger is the classic example. We talked about this. I was yeah. like, rich white girl, black man from the streets drug addicts who get experimented on. Like, there's a lot of fucked up shit in their backstory. And then they actually made it good. Right? I saw... So, apparently, Uh um, at one point, one author decided to change up Red Falcon's... uh, The Falcon's backstory. To what? So, apparently, he came from the streets. They show him in, like, the pimped-out gear and stuff. And it's like... Everyone's like... Was there any need for this? He couldn't have just been a military guy or, like, you know, like... Why do black characters always... They, they come from one of two places. They either come from the streets... Or, or the they magical come straight, savage land. Well, yeah, or straight from Africa. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's basically... The magic savage land. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, because they're Africa. Oh, my God. So, let's talk about this. <laughs> Storm. <sighs> I love me some Storm. Specifically, the the era where she was where, had the mohawk and no powers. That's my favorite story. Yeah, wrapped yeah. in black leather, white mohawk, and ready to whoop your ass. The thing that uh, there's so much potential that they could continue with that, especially when they just had this whole arc where all the mutants get depowered because she would be like, "You may not have powers, but you're still one of us." Thank I've you. I've done this. Let me show you how. Thank like, you. Yeah. Like, hello. Who's the obvious person to lead you in this moment? The mutant who's been depowered before and led you when she was depowered? Right. So, okay. Where does that eye color and hair color come from? Right. Like, let's talk about this for a moment. And, and I can accept <laughs> just the white hair, but I it's could. the fact that her hair is magically straight. Magically straight, white, and then the blue eyes. Yes. Do you remember... I'm so glad they left this behind. But there's the moment where, like, there's a magical world... Were black women like her rule, and that's where she's actually... They dropped it real quick. But, like... I, audience, you can't see my face. I'm looking at it, I'm like, what? They <laughs> dropped that shit real quick. But I remember a stint where they were trying to be like, she's actually from a magical world, and, like, here's her real mama, and here there are priestesses... And I was like, drop it. Drop it. There's it's some the colorless p- African land. 
Sometimes new blacks. New blacks. Instead <laughs> of the new humans, it's the new blacks. This is where the new blacks went. This is, they, after Obama was elected, they were like, racism's gone. Let's make our own country. New black. Don Lemon is their leader. Um, the, oh. Do you, here's the thing I realized. Um, Kitty Pride comments on what Storm looks like when they first meet. Do you know this? I did not know this. When they first go to recruit Kitty Pride, there's a moment where they're sitting in the diner and she says something to the fact of, the effect of, uh, yeah, there are black people in my school, but none of them look like you. Oh. Or something like that. Okay, that's actually a more reasonable comment from, like, a 14-year-old kid than, yeah. than I thought that a writers were going to get. I, right? co- I could be a little wrong and maybe trying to make Kitty Pride sound better, but I'm fairly sure that's the effect of what she says. It's okay. like, i never seen someone who looks like you before. <laughs> I was like, join the club. Yeah. Join the club, because I haven't either. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Well, the... I feel like we should just finish the racist shit because Storm goes into the whitewash stuff. It does, doesn't it? Um, um, because I have a couple more whammies from, like, the fucked up Go stuff. for the fucked up, because I have some white... Okay. Fairly so, whitewashed. So, since we just start on the black men racist tropes, I'm just going to finish the last one and the worst one I found. Um, whitewash Jones. Oh, I don't even know this one. Thank I God. didn't know about this till last night. Apparently... One of Captain America's cohorts back in the 40s was a black man called Whitewash Jones, drawn with the hugest of lips, and the complete Amos and Andy speak. Um, He's a scared of ghosts, and shit like that. Literally, that's the kind of shit he was saying. And it was just, like, the worst ever. And it was, like, one of those things where I was like, this is just, this doesn't even fit with the tone of the rest of the Captain America stuff. This is clearly... You want to throw in funny black character mockery into your shit. Okay, so two characters that flash in my head. Because we've been talking a lot about black characters, but this happens to all characters. Mm-hmm. Angel. I'll, oh, Angel. You mean X-Men's Angel? X-Men's okay. Angel. Yeah. Um, the female Angel, who comes later. Oh, I don't know. No, that. she okay. is a Latina girl. Okay. Who is literally an insect. Literally, she, complete dehumanization. She has fly wings. It's not even a pretty insect. You never, ever, ever hear about a superhero with an insect that's like this is a this is a roach. This is something right. We don't. Like everyone else is like a butterfly or some or horse. a bee or a hornet. Or even when you're something weird like a mantis, you're usually not dehumanized unless you're a villain. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So she's got the fly wings. Um, she literally eats like a fly. So she, like, vomits it up and re-eats it. I think it. you told me about that. Oh, she yeah. ends up... Wait, we're not done yet. No, no, I know uh, we're not. She ends up with um, Beak, who is a character who basically has a um, bird's head. Okay. An ugly bird's head. Like, okay. looks like it just hacked out of the egg. They end up together and have so many babies! So many babies! So the dehumanized <laughs> Latina has tons of children... With the other animal guy. And she's hiding them. Like, they're hiding them in this, like, house. She's hiding children. (laughs) Like... When did this fucking happen? Was it the 90s or the 2000s? It was the early 2000s. Okay, I just want to know where in, like, like how racist... I'm fairly sure it was early 2000s. Not that 90s was okay. No, but, like, like... She it literally, I remember turning the scene where he goes to, like, visit the house. Like, it's I think it's a house on, like, the X-Men lands. Oh. And literally seeing all these babies, and here's the thing. All the babies inherited things from both of them, so none of them look human. 
They're all wow. like, some of them have fly eyes. Wow. Some of, yeah. It's ridiculous. Wow. Here's, here's the, the kicker, though. Now, I mean, recently, Angel's an awesome character. I don't know if they've retconned out the babies or killed them off or what, but now she's like a depowered, um, wearing a suit to kick ass, like, undercover agent, like, working with people, and I'm like, so, okay. Yeah. It's, oh, so that's one. The other one is, do you remember this, when they tried to introduce, and it was always gonna go wrong, because it was white people, when they tried to introduce the Chinese superhero team? I don't remember. Mother of Nations? No, you told me about this. I, I, it's Mother of something, it might not be Mother of Nations. But where her power is literally to give babies. birth to, like, I think something so, like she can give birth to a hundred warriors a day or so, something so like that. So one thing I just really want to say, the trope that is in this that I notice is the same thing, is white people see people of color having children as a threat. Mm. Um, that is, like, basically it. Like, that's that fear. And that's always been their fear, like, since before the Chinese Exclusion Act of, yeah. they're going to come and outbreed us. And out, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's just this... Real interesting, you know, exclusionary idea that there can only be one type of people on the planet, exactly. and that is a battle to the death. Like, mm. and the fact that it comes out in their comic books, you know, that's mm, mm. yeah, no, and I just don't understand. Well, let me go on to some different racist things. These ones are actually interesting because they're attempts to make fun of races, but okay. they're racist in their own way. Oh no! So uh, there was skinhead. The White Redeemer. No. Skinhead the White Redeemer was Jewish. And then became a white supremacist. We don't even have, like, that nice little sort of skip that Magneto does, where you're sort of like, well, Magneto, you're not exactly a white supremacist, you're a mutant supremacist. But no. I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah! I, I don't... But, well, see, what you want to do is you want... You know, in, in their views, they're like, we want to say white supremacists are bad, but we couldn't have a white guy be bad. No. <laughs> we still want to blame the Jews. <laughs> That's basically well, what it's happened. their fault. Oh my god. <laughs> then there's the other one, which is fucked up and racist in a different way, even though it's supposed to be against racists. The hate monger. The hate monger is a, is a purple KKK member with an H on his hood. Who's an Adolf Hitler clone. Nope. But here's the part that, you know, as opposed to just making him cartoonish, here's the part where you're like, wow. He makes people hate each other through a hate ray. <laughs> so white people aren't racist. The hate ray hit them. The Adolf Hitler clone with the hate ray hit them. Oh my them. god. Can we? Can we? <laughs> The hate ray. The hate ray. I feel like that's my new term when someone gets really racist suddenly. It's like, well, they got hit by the hate ray. It's like the racist fairy. Like, right, right. Oh, it's like, like, it's not our fault we're racist. The hate ray hit us no. by the Adolf Hitler clone. <laughs> so it's not even a white person made the hate ray. You had to have a clone, you know, like. Oh, God. That's. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. We so, could go on to the whitewash stuff. I just need to hit those because those are just so... <laughs> let's go on to the whitewash, but I just looked up the angel thing. Angel yeah. Salvatore. Yes. 
She's pregnant. She has six babies because of her fly morphology, and it's an accelerated pregnancy. And they hide Uh, them in Wolverine's shack out back because they're afraid they're going to get tossed out of the school for having babies. Um, Wait, wait. X-Men has never dealt with... No one's in the fucking Academy ever dealt with the idea someone might get pregnant. I really I I just need you guys to, like... I understand in the past we haven't written about that, but we could just accept that... Like it that. had to have happened at some point. I mean, that was the thing. Even as a kid, I was like, you cannot have this many fine-ass, half-naked people walking around each other and tell me no one's getting it on, right? Like, I will say that apparently they have an apartment now and are still in custody of their six children. Are the kids still weird? Yes, the kids have, like, her fly morphology and his chicken uh, morphology. Okay. But, yeah. So, that is the memory that will haunt me forever. Ugh. <laughs> Um, so let's go on to Whitewashed. Shall we start with Storm, since that's what we already brought up? Storm. So here's the thing with Storm. I feel like they try and give her a culture. But they don't actually know what they're doing. Right. So what we get is this weird... Mishmash, retcon. Retcon, mishmash, like, first she's, she's like a Egyptian street kid who, like, stole... And then she's, she's a like, goddess. and then she's a goddess, and then she's this, and like, basically, I feel like all they've been able to do, all they know how to do, is have her garden, and they're like, look, she's close to nature, right? That's what, and I'm just like, I really need y'all to take a moment here. Number one, I need someone to explain to me why Storm has not been the leader of the X Men from the jump, right? But number two, what what the hell are you doing with her? They where, don't where, where are her where are her people? Where are her like friends, family, anything? Well, well this is an interesting thing and in it again, like the, the real world shit. Yeah. The acceptable people of color don't have a people behind them. You're the acceptable one because you're not connected to the others. Yeah. Can't have too many of you, right? Like, like that's the interesting thing. Like, notice how, like, anytime they have a per- person of color, like, superhero, uh-huh. who actually, like, is not rejected by the fan base, the fact is, they're so totally, quote-unquote, rooted in their traditions, but they never advocate for them. You know, oh, look, I'm Shaman, and I have all these native power, native magic powers, but oh. I have nothing to say about rights or, like, how land the fuck, or How the fuck politics. do you have Shaman? And what was his daughter's name? Talisman? I think so, yeah. How the fuck do you have two native characters in a superhero group in Canada Right. that don't talk about native rights? Like, yes. ever. Yes, ever. they're working for what, the is government. Their, their, what is basically their Captain America team, right? Yeah. Their Alpha Flight is Canada's, this is our patriotic national team, and like, nothing. Nothing. Right? We're not going to talk about Indian schools. We're not going to talk about reservation. We're not going to talk about any of that. Right. I just... I just... But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the ongoing thing, right? Or, like, the ultimate in, like, we're going to erase your, your, your image and your heritage and stuff is, like, Spawn. Oh, yeah. Like, I was, like, you know, because I've gone to Spawn when it first started, and I was like, okay, okay. And I'm like, oh, he's black. And I'm like, and that will never come up again. Never right? come up again. Well, but I, for me, the ultimate is when they specifically have someone take on all of the, like, all of the cultural cues of a certain culture, but they're white. Yeah. Right now, I'm specifically thinking about Moon Knight, 
I'm thinking of Iron Fist. I was going to say Iron Fist was a quick second. But Moon Knight, and actually... Phantom. A Phantom. Oh, my God. Tarzan. Uh, Wanda <laughs> Beast. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I personally actually love Moon Knight. I have a connection to Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, why is the Egyptian god choosing white people? Right. Like, why is the Egyptian god like, I'm going to empower Black this Adam. white man? Black Adam. He's Egyptian. Oh, um, um, the, the opposite of Shazam? Is that yeah, what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that leads us right into ISIS. Right. Which I remember the TV show. That woman was white. That woman was straight. Why are all these Egyptian gods empowering white people? I don't understand. So when I was walking up here, I actually was thinking about this. And, you know, I, I'm actually thinking about how much of the superhero stuff maps to real world, like, white people racism. And this is basically their whole issue of Manifest Destiny. It's not just, we're eventually going to take over your lands. We also take over your culture. Like, like your, your, all your spiritual knowledge and heritage is ours, too. Right? And they play that out in these superheroes. That's yeah. why it's always like, oh, the Chosen One is this white person. Like, the Manifest Destiny has come true. The Chosen One has arrived. And he will lead us. Right. He will well, lead us and free us. Well, and it's especially, it's especially damning when they have the, when they... Always in group scenes. None of the people from this culture get, like, an individuality or right. a personality. But you have this group scene of, like, brown people being like, look, it's our white savior, come among us! And I'm right. like, what the fuck is happening on this page of this comic? Right, and if, if they ever have a thing where one person is like, are we just going to trust this outsider? They're the villain. Right? Right. They're the like, villain, or they will become the villain. Right. Because they wanted the power. Right. And I'm like, and why shouldn't they? It's their culture. Well, it's not, they don't even necessarily have to want the power. It's like, who the fuck is this person showing up, and why are we trusting them? Yeah. Right? Like, why is this person suddenly trustworthy? They belong to a nation that has fucked us over multiple times. And until, and they, showed, until they showed up, they didn't have shit to say about it. Exactly. <laughs> like, they didn't try to do shit to stop it until they came to our land. And then all of a sudden. Right. Um, but Iron Fist is a great example. Uh, um, and so what was funny is because I remember as a kid, um, I had seen a couple issues, but I didn't see him without his mask off. Oh, so I thought he was Asian. I mean, as you would, right? Like, because hello, it's right. complete absorption and of Asian culture. Like that's what right. he is, right? And so if you don't see him with the mask off, be like, oh yeah, that's an Asian guy, because that's the only way it's not problematic. Like, right. let's be real, right? Like. Oh, I mean, I know now they're trying to say that there's iron fists in all kinds of cultures and throughout time, but and I mean that can be an interesting retcon. But I haven't kept, I haven't watched, read up on that, so I don't even know how yeah. they're handling that. Right? Um, I saw a little bit of it, um, and it looked pretty good. Okay, but um, Snake okay. Eyes from GI Joe. Oh shit! Yeah. Yo, clan of ninjas, and he's white. Yeah, well... And, and the rest of the ninjas are all Asian, all Japanese, but he's white. Oh, okay, huh. Interesting how that works. Oh, and you know who we have to talk about. Which one? Psylocke. Oh. Uh, we have uh, to talk about Psylocke. Oh, Psylocke. Ah. Oh. I just... And here's the thing. I oh, believe my soul. <laughs> <laughs> when I came into comics... I didn't know Psylocke's backstory. Yeah. So I just was like, oh, I'm sort I don't like her butt floss. Right. But I'm really sorted down with this character. She's, she's tough, she's smart, 
she's able to take people down. She doesn't she, take shit. She typically go. She typically gets in it with like Wolverine. Like yeah. they're equals in fighting in the exactly. way that they're depicting it. You know exactly. Yeah. And she doesn't back down when she knows she's right. And then I remember picking up some old comics that had, and I remember them saying that she was Captain Britain's brother. But again, I just assumed I was like, oh, okay, they're both mixed. That's pretty progressive. I was like, <laughs> see, see, what happened for me was I knew old Psylocke. I picked, I missed some issues, and I picked up new Psylocke, and I just thought like, oh, something happened. She's no longer Psylocke. Here we have a new Psylocke. Yeah, right. A like, new like, person. Right, a new person has taken up that role. That happens sometimes. And then, then I had gotten like, then like, it was like only a month or two later. One friend's like, "Oh, here, check out these issues." And I was like, "So what?" Like, <laughs> well, and so for those who don't know, Psylocke is a is British white woman, British white woman with purple hair, who was a model, whose mind is taken and put into an Asian woman's body, and then becomes a ninja, and then becomes a ninja. And the Asian woman has her mind put in this white girl's body. Because I remember the confrontation where she's like, I want my body back. And I was just like, is this really happening? And the thing is, I feel like multiple writers have tried to go back and do something to make it okay. But it's They're not. actually melded, like, the, they're this, they're that. But they've, And I was like, just stop talking about it. Just ignore it. I want you to cut ties between her and Captain Britain. Just tell me, just give me something to like Psylocke again, because I, yeah. I loved her, and then that happened, and I was like, oh, I, okay, so everything I liked about you is wh- gone, is gone because I now tied everything to this fucking Asian stereotype of her all of a sudden being a ninja. Yeah. With butt floss. I, we'll get to that. That's my... And, and that's actually what I think is interesting is also this thing where everyone's like, oh, comics are getting more progressive, and notably because it was a lot more Asian artists and writers showing up, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I feel like all that ended up doing was giving us different fucked up shit, yeah. right? Like, there's still anti-blackness that shows up in droves. There's still, like, uh, until very recently, like, I felt like a lot of the Asian characters were still very stereotypical. Like, I was like, so I feel like Psylocke is basically, like, Jim Lee or someone's clearly fantasy, right? Oh, she and has to be. And, you know, I mean, even, and I'm just looking at this going like, yeah, I don't, mm, and the thing is, she she's become... I, I've read some fairly recent issues uh, with her in it. And she has become... Well, number one, I actually did enjoy this whole thing about her being polyamorous. Like, there's this weird moment where she falls in love with a brother and sister who are French thieves. Oh. And then they, like, screw her over. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing some stuff. She feels less sexualized now, but I feel like the issues I was reading were written by women. So they were trying to be like, hey, you can like this character again, and <laughs> it's really okay. And I'm like, I, I don't know about that, but you maybe like her in this issue. Right. Speaking of Iron Fist and stuff, though, I had to look this up to be... There's a short story on Strange Horizons okay. called um, Dr. Diablo Goes Through the Motions Okay. by Saladin... Oh, excuse me. Saladin Ahmed. Uh-huh. Oh, God. I'm made of mucus right now. Um, it but, is not the superpower that you wanted. No, but so... <laughs> Nor is it the superpower that you need. <laughs> no, I was, We need the Batman doctor to punch you in the back, like, twice and you'll be better. <laughs> I, that's because he's adjusting Batman's chi. <laughs> oh, I can't even. But, in the mysterious desert. <laughs> in the mysterious... But in this short story, which was published in 2010, you can still find it, it is a Latino supervillain. 
in a group of supervillains, and I had him, I, I heard him read this live, and it's amazing, if only for this moment. There's a moment where Dr. Diablo, the leader of the organization is saying, Dr. Diablo, this assignment will fall to you. The foolish do-getter calls himself Steel Fist. His powers include a great proficiency with all forms of martial arts, and, and Dr. Diablo interrupts him and says, let me guess, he's white, right? And he's like, I'm just saying, you don't need to go through all this. I can guess his goddamn or origin. Disaffected rich kid, fled America and trained with mystical Eastern warriors, soon became the best. One year at ninja camp is always enough time for a gringo to get better better than any native. <laughs> he defeated the jealous Eastern ex-best warrior, screwed the prettiest Eastern girl, earned the respect of her dad, some old guy with a white mustache who's been waiting all his life for a white boy to come to the school, came home and decided to fight crime. Am I right? <laughs> and the guy's like, intelligence impression, in, impressive intelligence gathering. He's like, it was a guess. Like, <laughs> basically that's all of their origins. Right. I... And this one of the reasons it's my favorite story is it calls out this whole like white savior who's better. And here's the thing: I find it funny. I'm not going to name names, but a couple of books and comic books have tried to do the white savior comes to a nation and make it less problematic by being like, he's come and trained with us for a year, and he's better than everyone except us. So like they can still beat him, but when they send him out into the world, he's like the best warrior that they've ever seen. The thing that gets me is, I feel like if you want to do that, I feel like there needs to be a lot more agency given to the home culture, and it has to be basically like, no, you didn't, it's like, we're going to pick agents, because we want to influence the outside world, and we know sending people who look like that are going to infiltrate or do whatever better, right? But that also entails that you're not, you're not the hero, you're an agent, Yeah. right? Like, that's a very different role. And they definitely don't like that. Yeah. Uh. God, um, do you want to start going into the whitewashing in terms of movies and TV? <laughs> or, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Which is almost infinite. Um. Let's do it. Uh, I'll just start with an easy one that also kind of ties in a little bit with next week's stuff. Um, uh, Ninja Turtles. April O'Neil was black. Oh. Baxter was black. See, and I didn't even know that. Uh, so, uh, the reason I knew this actually was funny because, um. I, you know, I didn't get a lot of the early comics. What I ended up getting was the role-playing game, which had the very earliest artwork. Oh. And April was black. And then when I got the comics, like, the comics came... The, the copies of comics I had gotten, the collected, had come out after the cartoons had come out. Uh, and all of a sudden and she, she was white. And, I, like, I mean, when the cartoons came out, I was like, huh. You know, I look at the picture, I look at that. And then I was like, and then I was like, huh, and now she's white. And same with Baxter. Baxter was black. Wow. Yeah, which, New York City... Makes fucking sense. Right. Especially for the time they're drawing this comic, you had a lot more people of color going into news, going into journalism, like, getting FaceTime on television. Right. So it makes perfect fucking sense that April would be black. Apparently not on TV. Yeah. I... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, yeah. I don't, okay, so this goes into, you go next, I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> um, oh god, so, um, yeah, that last Batman movie, Bane. <gasps> Who is supposed to be South American? And then, then he sounds like an ailing British prof English professor, right? I just... British I, English professor, he's just like, whoa, Rod, Rod. 
I'm so sad I don't have tea for you today. <laughs> Cheerio, Batman. <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is happening in your life right now? Um, Jesus. <laughs> and then Talia al Ghul. And it's just like... Talia al Ghul, who is actually a fucking fantastic character. Right. Um, let's talk about the fact that the son she has with Bruce... Looks white as the day is long. Yep. White, I mean, and that can happen. There are plenty of mixed race people who take But after. given the overall way comics do things, and if you're mixed, you become white. You become that, white. That's basically Or it slowly it slowly becomes ignored until people forget you were mixed in the first place, and right. then you're white. Right. Oh, I'm trying to, I actually just saw this this week. There was a great article that a comic book artist put up where he actually was talking about he submitted a short story, and I don't remember which character it was, but the character was originally, I think, um, she was Latina and black. That's that's her mix. And so he submitted the story, and the editors basically sent it back and said, hey, you have to lighten her color. And he was like, I thought she was Latina and black. And they're like, oh, we thought she was Latina and white. Really? And he basically was talking about, like, and he was talking about the fact, like, what was great was as he's telling the story, it's all in panels. And he has actual, like, color codes to, to all these different things that, nice. as he's describing, he's like, this is the color code I use. And he basically was like, well, I just resubmitted the story, but I I, changed, I did all the other changes they wanted me to do, but I didn't change the skin tone. And they didn't do, they didn't say anything. And he's like, I think they didn't want to push it, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And the fans noticed, and the fans loved it. And it's just like... <sighs> Well, and I mean, that goes into what we've said before, which is that people want to see themselves. They want to see diversity. And the more these mostly older white men in charge Mm -hmm. refuse to give it to us, the more their sales drop. And yet they can't see a correlation. Right. I'm like, all these comics that have gotten, like, huge press, that have gotten huge, um... What what, what I love is this way in which they'll, they'll always try to do, like, a universe reset... Or, like, relaunch a character, and then they try and make them more white. They're Like, basically, here goes their logic. We did really good selling comics in the 50s. So if we just go back to what we sold in the 50s, we'll sell really good then, right? That is, like, the same logic. Like, 8-track sold really well in the 70s. So if we just sell the same kind of music from the 70s on 8-track, you'll sell again. No, motherfucker, the market changed. Well, and also, like I was saying, these huge comic books that have gotten great critical acclaim lately... <laughs> Excuse me. They're all the ones that are doing more diversity. More diversity. And then what kills me is when a bigger company, one of the big two, picks this up, all of a sudden, the people are lighter. Right. I Image Comics. Love me some Image Comics. I generally think they're doing really good work. Um, generally. Well, what the, the more they moved away from superheroes, the better they've done. Or new, new um, perspectives on superheroes. I've actually, they have a series coming out on PlayStation, I guess, which huh. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, that's Powers, okay. which I don't know if you remember the Powers series. I remember seeing it around, I never got into it, so. It's cops who, like, basically, you know, police superheroes or, like, deal with superhero crime and all that kind of shit. Here's the thing. I'm gonna spoil something for y'all if you don't want it, plug your ears. Of the team, there's an a man and a woman. She's the newer one on the team. He is a former power. You don't find this out till later. But here's what kills me. He's basically immortal. 
Mm. I'm like, why is he white? If you're telling me he's from, like, time immemorial... Why would he be white? Why would he be white? Because right. that's, that's not what he would look the, like. The only time anyone gave me an ancient character is white story that made sense to me... Um, did you ever read the Earth X series? I did, years ago, yeah. So, so yeah, it's sort of like a spin-off alternate history, alternate future for Marvel, right? Yeah. And in it, they posited the reason Wolverine keeps regenerating and is basically losing his memories is because he's actually, like, a Cro-Magnon. He's oh, a mutant Cro-Magnon. Like, he's, he's like Neanderthal. He's, you know, sort of like, yeah, you're not baseline human to begin with. Which, I'm like... Okay, you know, as we're discovering all this history about humans and Neanderthals mixing in Europe, yeah, I'm like, okay, that okay. that would make sense. But outside of that, yeah. well, and uh, I mean, like all the Egyptians are white. <laughs> all the Egyptians are always white. Right. Like even when they're not whitewashing them and putting a white person in that context, they're like, oh, but the and here's the thing, people, white people. Always want to bring up, like, Cleopatra as, number one, we actually don't have the historical evidence that Cleopatra was white, except for a fucked up historical record that is racist. People have looked at it and been like, mm. Number two, why is everyone else white? Even if you're going to tell me that, like, the Greek people took over the throne, number one, Greek people don't look like pale-ass white people most of the time. Right. And a lot of times, like, I mean, I feel like in a lot of places there'd be situations where random race, random racist white supremacists would see a Greek person and think they're Mexican. Yeah. Or, like, you know, or Arabic. I've seen that happen multiple times. Right. And then it's like, so even if they were in charge, that doesn't change the makeup of the people in the city. It doesn't change the makeup of, like, the guards, all the captains, your captains, yeah. everyone. And I, ugh, like that new fucking movie. Yeah. And yeah. I just, we're not even going to name it, because I don't want to name it. But God fucking damn you for fill, filling it with white folks. Yeah. We can go back to Prince of Persia, which I did not understand why the three princes were a white boy, a British, a Welsh boy, and I think one of them was, like, mixed Latino, but I was like, tell me how. Yeah, I Like I said, pretty soon we're going to have Hollywood with fucking Marky Mark playing as the Marcus Garvey. You know, biopic. Like, that's what's gonna happen. It's just gonna be... Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, but, I just... I, I can't with most of these comics now. And I don't understand when they take these comics that are great and turn them into... Shit. Shit. Because yeah. I'm like, it was popular because it was really good. And now you've effectively taken what was good away. You know, and I feel like this is the thing. Again, this is their mentality. If we add more whiteness, it will be better. Right? That's their view. If we add more whiteness, it'll sell more. And it's like, have you, has it ever occurred to you that maybe the reason people were buying it was because it wasn't white? Like, Well, and I mean, to give them some intelligence credit, I don't think they deserve any. But they, they keep pushing um, Mark Millar. That's who. And Mark Millar is their sort of, like, prince of, like, look, 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 people still like white boy power stories. Look, 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 we can just jerk off on the page and they'll like it. 
number one, I think Mark Millar's a shit writer. Yeah. Um, and number two, have any, have any of the films aside from the first one, which was what, uh, the non-powered heroes, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, um, any, oh, oh, I know which one you're talking about. You know what Um, I'm talking about. Uh, fuck, Kick-Ass? Kick-Ass. The first Kick-Ass, I guess, was really, was really popular, the film. But the rest of it has been shit. They keep trying to adapt the things he does. Kingsman just came out recently, mm. which one of my co-workers was like, I'm going to go see it. I was like, okay, make that choice. Um, and she came back and she was like, don't see it. I feel like, well, what I feel like is that there's been a lot of sort of white power fantasy action movies. Yeah. Like all these Taken, um, John Wick. Uh, like, there's a bunch of these that have been coming out. I, I will say, though, that I sort of, I hate Taken for what it is. Because it's always like kidnapped. Isn't the late kidnapped women? Da 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 da. I but I adore that Liam Neeson has become an action star at like sixty. It's one of my favorite things. I, I like it, but I also recognize why these old white men actors are becoming action. Oh stars, yeah, right. Like, yeah, no, it's totally this white power fantasy for like the old man at home who's like, oh look, I could still be powerful and take out all these guys. No, you can't. It's choreographed. Right. Um, unless you, you, might, you might punch out one dude, and then you're getting stabbed to death. Right? Exactly. Like, or your knee will give out, and then they'll just come and kick you a few times, and you're done. Unless right? you've been training all your life, which is, you know, right. if you've been training, I'm not going to come up against you. But for most of them, I just can't. Um, yeah. Were there any more whitewashed you wanted to hit? Uh, no. So uh, there was one thing I did want to hit, no. though. Um, and maybe this deserves its own episode. Um, so, like, tying back to that super racist shit where they're like, oh, you know, we want to have white supremacy, but we don't want to have, it, to have it be white people responsible. There's also the flip of it where it's like, we want to show white supremacy is bad, but we'll have it happen to white people. Oh. And I, went, I was remembering, so there is, I think it's Spider-Man 103, the cover where he's being lynched. There's an effigy being lynched. Yeah. And... I remember I was, like, a little kid. I did not know the, you know, I didn't know the historical context of lynching. But even then, it was extremely disturbing to me because none of the other Spider-Man covers were this violent. Because he's being hung, and he's on fire, and half of it is him without the mask, and he's looking at you. So... I remember this. Right. And, like, the thing is, you know, I I looked this up, and I was like, you know, because I was, uh, someone had written about this, and so... It was tied to Peter David, who of said course. numerous racist shit in the past. Of course. And, you know, his usual thing is, I'm Jewish, therefore I can't be racist. Um, and then who also did that video game with Orson Scott Card, where the liberals take over America as terrorists, and the only one man can stop them. So it was just like, I think it's really interesting, the projection levels, where they want to go, well, racism is bad because it also happens to white people. Like, that's really, uh... like, like, like... Like, when that is the best you can do, which I kind of feel is sort of the way in which, like, the X-Men things have gone, right? Like, the way in which Magneto and Professor X's Jewishness is kind of thrown to the side, right? Like, it's like, yeah, you know, white supremacy is bad because they're angry about mutants, but it's not really white supremacy, it's human supremacy versus mutants. No. 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 Well, and here's the thing I just remembered. Do you remember the New Guardians at all? Uh-uh. It was a short-lived series. It was one of those ones that falls into, oh, you're trying, oh, you failed. 
mm-hmm. um, where, like, <laughs> like they, it's basically a superhero team that's approached and given powers, and they're all, um, for the most part, people of color. Okay. There's an Australian woman there who's Aboriginal. There's a Peruvian male. There's a Chinese woman. There's an English woman who's black. Mm-hmm. There's a Japanese man. And there's an Inuit. Okay. So they're like diverse team. Um, here's the issue. <laughs> I they only ran for I think like ten issues or something. It was really short lived. Jet the it the British black girl. Okay. And uh, Extrano, who is the Peruvian, obviously homosexual male. Okay. Get infected by the HIV vampire. Okay, so head rub is happening right now. I, it's literally the hemoglobin, a vampire with AIDS. That's how they both die. Or I think maybe she dies and he survives. Is this Marvel or DC or what? This is DC. So this was DC's attempt to be progressive and include real world issues in their comics. I feel like the big two are the big two are clearly fucked up, but I feel they're fucked up in different ways. Yeah, I feel like DC's DC's primary way of fucking up is firing all the diversity who works for them mm-hmm. and fridging. And this sounds a lot like a you know like a POC version of fridging. Yeah, like, like you die in this horrific way that no one else dies. That is this weird sort of intrusion intrusion of reality that doesn't happen in your other comics, right? Exactly, or your other to your other heroes. Um. Well, and here's the thing that kills me, is that they could never expressly um, say that Extrano was gay. They could never say that because of, like, standards at the time. Oh, but you can have hemoglobin, the AIDS vampire? Was this, like, the late 90s or some this shit? This is, like, 89. Okay. And it's just, like, so why, 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 why would you do that? Like, I don't understand. Number one, you implied that he was gay the worst way possible. Like, by giving him all the stereotypical flamboyancy. Uh, and now he's HIV positive. Uh, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Perry logic. Uh, yeah. I just don't understand. Uh, Tyler Perry hates gay people. And black people, for that matter. But that's another show. Um, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> so do you have a why must it be? Because I got one. Go ahead and start, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm almost, why must it beat out with just the episode itself? <laughs> Shit. So shit happened this week on the internet, as it does. Did you hear about the vocal minority thing? No, what is the vocal minority thing? Okay, let's talk about this. I, I, at first I thought you were going to go into the Starbucks thing. Oh, no, 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 that's, I can't even, I can't even. So what's um, the vocal minority? Eric J. Larson who is a comic books creator. Didn't he do a lot of Spider-Man shit? I think he might have. He's known, and I use that in quotes, for creating the Savage Dragon. Oh. I, like, read two issues of that, and I was Who, Who read more? Right. He tweeted out, I'm tired of the big two placating a vocal minority at the expense of the rest of the paying audience by making more practical women outfits. Simply put, here we go. Let's 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 just go in. It's him again. This is not me. Simply put, these aren't very good costumes. They're bulky and clumsy and unattractive. Largely, the arguments are either nobody would dress like that, 
to which I point to the thousands of cosplayers who clearly disagree. Now, that's just dumb. Right. Or, that costume is impractical, to which I point to the many athletes who participate in sports and wear considerably less. But who Mm. in sports has a boob window? Yeah, like, what like, sport is that? Like, I'm like, I'm thinking of the sports where people wear little, and I'm like, swimming, right? And gymnastics. Gymnastics. But even then, it's basically skin tight, yeah. right? And it's skin tight because you need to be aerodynamic and not have your stuff catch on anything. Um, and maybe the only other one that it, where it's even slightly impractical is maybe like ice skating, right? Well, and, and but he, then, okay. He goes on to say, because bulky clothes actually hinder movement. And in any case, these are lines on paper. People can't fly in the real world, or climb walls, or spin webs. The notion that everything has to strictly adhere to the physical rules we're bound by is absurd. Now, there are a lot of issues with this. Because his art, just from the base, your argument is misogynist. Right, your, your argument is the majority of audience wants titties at all times. Well, and let's also talk about the fact that You're not saying this for all characters. You're saying women outfits specifically. Right. It it wouldn't be acceptable, but I could understand someone saying, I think all costumes should be... The fact that you started from women outfits means the base of your argument is misogynistic. Right. Because you're talking about titty shots. Like, that's what you want is tits and ass. Right. I have never... They, yes, there are male superheroes with revealing outfits. There are some that only wear, like, underwear or like whatever. Like Colossus. Yeah. Like Colossus. But they are never, ever drawn in a sexualized way. You never get a full page of Colossus's basket right there for right. you. Or his ass cheeks. Like, that's never a full spread. Right. And and even if you do see his ass when he turns around, it looks like an ass should. The material's not clinging in his crack to show up. Let's right. talk about real reality in terms of clothing. Even when you see this in gymnasts or swimmers, when women wear skin-tight things, the fabric does not cling to each breast individually. Right. It is not like a, it's not like a cupping situation. Right. So, like, let's leave all that aside and just say, Eric Larson, what the fuck is your problem? You, you created Savage Dragon, who basically fights in, like, a white button-down and some jeans. Right. And I think a leather jacket, which is really interesting, because he's coming for Spider-Woman. Wearing, like, a leather jacket. And these are comics that are... So, let's... Okay, before I go into that, let me say the other person that chimed in with idiocy. Um, Marvel's... Uh, wait, no, not, not him. Sorry. Whoops. J. Scott Campbell. Oh, well, but... But J. Scott Campbell. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like really, the only other name you could have given me would have been Frank Miller. And I would have been like, where is the surprise? But here's what he said. Like, just the last line. He's talking about, um, I find the continued knee-jerk reaction to internet message board critics demands to keep female heroines covered from head to toe in fabric an overreaction. She's an Amazon warrior. She's not in the Taliban. Which character are we talking about? He's specifically talking about the Wonder Woman redesign. Which they've put clothes on her. So, so Islamophobia and racism to go with it. Wow. That's her new design, in case you hadn't seen it. Oh, that's pretty dope. Which I'm actually really down with. That's, um, I'm surprised, because most of the redesigns they've given have been pretty crappy. Yeah. This redesign actually looks like, I mean, it looks like the equivalent of, like, a Captain America type suit, right? Exactly. it's all of the colors, it is fully covered, it even has, like, the the image of the, like, thigh-high boots... Yeah, I'm down with that. It looks like you're ready for battle. Thank you. And it looks like something you could throw a helmet on and you're ready for space, right? Like, And I really, number one, Eric Larson, 
okay, so this is something I, I see happening in a lot of, like, smaller, um, ugh, sorry, sickness. Yeah. Um, in a lot of smaller sort of, um, businesses. I don't know if businesses is the right word. Industries. Mm-hmm. A lot of smaller industries that have a very specific audience. You are not someone important, Eric Larson. I know you think you are, but you're not. And you are a big fish in a small pond. Comics, he's not even a big fish, like, let's be real. He's like a minnow that's about to get eaten. But the the comics industry has been going down in terms of money, in terms of all this, for years. (coughs) Excuse me. And these older white men just do not want to accept it. They're just like, comics are great, and they're this. And I'm like, look at the money. What are the comics making money? And I should point out that his whole thing about Spider-Woman and and bulky things, issue five just had to go into a second printing of Spider-Woman. Yeah. So people are buying that comic. Yeah. People are buying... All these people that want to be... People are buying the female Thor. Yep. Over the male Thor. Which I'm like, yeah. I, I was... I got interested in Thor again for the first time in a decade. Right. So, for you to be... For you to argue that it's a vocal minority... A vocal minority in your industry is a majority. You know, this is the thing that gets me, and this is the issue that, like, the big two have always had problems with. Once manga came in, they couldn't deal with it at all. Yeah. And they still don't understand why. And, to be sure, manga has a ton of titty-licious characters, but that's shown in manga. There's also shoujo manga. Yes. Which is to say, yes, you can have your ridiculous porn outfit characters, but that's because you're also serving... Women, you know, with comics as well, and the reality is, the actual percentages, more women watch anime and buy manga than men do, because they're a bigger market. Hello. So, you know, because honestly, if you're just getting into this media for pornography, you can go to the internet and get it for free. So that's not a big selling point, to be honest. And I saw this go... Cross my dash because I um, I follow Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Gail Simone had some shit to say about it, mm-hmm. which as as you know, yeah. she would. Um, and I just it's interesting to me that this like vocal minority is attacking what we love, is making it something else. And I'm like making it something that sells. Yeah, making it something that people can enjoy. Um, Mary the Mary Sue, which I love. I love that blog. They're one of my favorites. They did sort of a collection of the tweets and everything that, like, came out and what happened. So, I just have to point out, remember last last podcast I talked about The Wicked and the Divine? Yeah. Being, like, one of my favorite new comics? Two of the people who work on it tweeted things, and I it has confirmed my love. Okay. <laughs> so, Karen Gillian tweets... I hold the controversial controversial position that when designing costumes, you should consider things other than, can I wank to this? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. And then um, Jamie McKelvey tweeted, really, though, I just want to make the kind of comics I wouldn't be embarrassed to read in public. Yes. Like, okay, so let me tell a story. Please do. I was 12 years old going to the comic book store, and I can't I can't remember which comics it was I was getting. But I was getting some comics, and the store owner grabs my dad and says, is it okay for him to get this? Oh, shit. And I wasn't getting anything porno- pornographic, 
But it was literally that much titty in general was happening. That they needed to check if it was okay for you to read it. Right, and it wasn't like comics code bullshit or, you know, it was just like, and, and you know, comic book stores just full of dudes. So really, there's only incentive to be further patriarchal and fucked up. So what does that tell you? Well, right? Also, like, and also, women who go into these comic book stores are often treated like shit, mm-hmm. assumed to be like there for like some quote-unquote women's comics, which I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. And it just further, like, invalidates their interest so that they either read online or they do all these other things. They're not going to come to your comic book store, and now you want to know why it's failing. Well, because you alienated 51% of the damn human population. Exactly. And so Eric Larson can just get on his knees and kiss my black taint. I don't have any time for him. You could wear a special outfit for him to do so. <laughs> it doesn't have to hear the real world practicality. <laughs> I just and the thing is, I don't understand why a character redesign where someone wears clothes is such a big deal. Are you reading comics for the plot, or are you reading comics for the ass shots? That's really what it comes down. And, to. And I can understand complaining if you want to talk about an ugly redesign. Yeah, like that one other thing with the jeans and the jacket. I was kind of like, yes, yeah, we didn't like that. Know, but that's not the same. That's not to say more skin, less or more skin was the issue. It was just an ugly outfit. Wonder Woman has gone through a number of redesigns. I feel like people are always like, "Oh, Wonder Woman has this iconic outfit," and I'm like, "Yeah, she does." She's also gone through dozens of redesigns, right? E- just in the past fifteen years, right? I remember when she wasn't Wonder Woman and she was um, because Artemis had won and she was wearing some weird, ugly black thing with like a jacket over it. I was like, "That's just ugly." Yeah. It has nothing to do with more skin or less skin. That's just an ugly outfit. Right, because there's characters who are covered head to toe, and you're like, what the fuck is this outfit? Right? It, like, I, I'm pissed people off with this, but explain Superman to me. I, I really do not understand that outfit. Those colors hurt my eyes. I was actually a big fan of the blue and white redesign, because mm-hmm. I was like, this red, blue, and yellow shit is just too much for me to deal with. Yeah. So... That is my why must it be? Why must Eric Larson be? That is the question that I have for people. And who are you to talk? What have you done? What You have just put yourself in the same category as J. Scott Campbell and Frank Miller and all these other people that I will never, and Mark Millar, people I will never go go to read a comic by. Like, your name on a comic will stop me now. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you haven't picked up The Wicked and the Divine... People are clothed and sexy. They're, Lucy, a.k.a. Lucifer, who basically looks like, almost like a Bowie in a full white suit, is one of the hottest characters in this entire comic. And she never shows anything that is except her hands and her head, because she's wearing a full white suit the whole time. Right. Gorgeous, hilarious, and sexy without... Hey, look... It's an obvious sexy that you're looking for. You're looking for the easiest... You're looking to be able to trace porn. Yeah, that's, that's what it. you're looking for. You know, you want to trace Hustler and make your comic. Exactly, um, and I'm like, unnecessary. So, if you want to go for sexy, go for intelligent sexy. Like, uh, Here's my why must it be. So, I love tabletop role-playing games. Uh-oh, here we go. Alright, so I did not know about this initially because I'm only somewhat tied into tabletop at this point because there's too much bullshit consistently. Yeah. 
I found out about this through Native American media blogs. Uh-oh. So there's a company, uh, Monte, Monty Cook Games. Monty Cook has oh, made shit. I know this. Okay. Go with it. Go with it. Go with so, it. So he made a game called The Strange. And in The Strange, it's basically like, I guess you can hop to other dimensions that are dimensions made of fictional, you know, fictional worlds made real. Okay. Okay, that's an interesting concept. It's been done. Yeah. But, you but, know, whatever, it's good. Um, and so they decided one of the worlds is going to be basically Native American land, where all white people's stereotypes about Native Americans are, in fact, a reality. Excuse you? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't called Native American land, but, but no. that's basically what but it is, right? You? And it, you know, the Native blog that was talking about this, they're like, you know, they're actually like, what the fuck? And, you know, they basically try and contact Monty Cook Games. What the fuck? And they block them. Oh. So, then, then they're like, well, okay, I guess we're going to have to be public about it because we've tried to contact you for a while here and you wouldn't talk to us. So, here it is. And it's fucked up, right? Yeah. And now Monty Cook Games wants to have a dialogue. Why? Now the You th- already did it. What the dialogue is, is not, we're going to unblock you and talk to you. Our dialogue is, we're going to go to our Facebook and have a dialogue there with this giant long, we're respectful of everybody, yada, yada, yada. Which, one of the first things people point out is, Facebook is kind of notorious for blocking Native people for not believing their names are real. Yeah. So, problem number one. Problem number two, what is your conversation other than just letting your fans attack Native folks? What conversation are you hoping to have? You already did this. Are you going to stop it? Are you going to change anything? Change it? And and that's the thing. That's what I've come to the point about whenever anyone goes, we should have a dialogue. I I stop and I go, so if you, if I ever convince you of this, what will you, what would you change? And there, there never is, they're never going to change anything. No. So it's like, why have that conversation? The dialogue is excuse for themselves and other liberal white people to point at it and be like, look, we tried to have a conversation about it. We did. Right. It's like, but if that conversation isn't going to ever be changed, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's basically it. And, it, and the thing I look at is I look at how much effort do you have to do to make this happen in the first place? And I'm like, when you make a role-playing game, that's usually tens of thousands of words you've put together. You've play-tested mechanics with usually groups of people. Uh-huh. You've commissioned art. So, like, like, this is actually a pretty big project, right? Like, it's actually more of a project than even just writing a book. And writing a book takes people one or two years or more. Yeah. So, I'm like, it's actually a big project. You have a lot of eyes on it. And at no point did you ever stop and go, like, like my question as a game designer is, why is this fun? Like, we want to go Preach. to a world where the racial stereotypes are real. Why? Why is that? What made you think that was fun? And no one in your whole process stopped and said, what, what? Why, why are we going to a world of stereotypes? Right. Because the only reason to go to that world of stereotypes is to reinforce your own superiority. Right, it's to play out the, the bullshit that's already in your head. Yeah, right. you play out your own ideas of, like, white male superiority. And it's like, I'm so... Oh. Yeah, and so I'm just looking at it, I'm going, like, this is so easy to not do. Yeah. Right? And it's just like, and what do you get? Like, like this is the thing. You could have made this game, not include that, played that bullshit at home, and no one would have known. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, role-playing games, you play with you and your five or six friends, 
and no one has to know what fucked up shit you want to do. Right? right? You can get your racist group of gamers together and play whatever you want in the right. confines of your own You game. can have your 20-year-long birth of a nation role-playing game, and no one has to know. Exactly. Like, no one has to know what rule, you know, you could use a mainstream rule set, and no one has to know. Yeah. But you're selling this. So it's like, you decided this was a product to make profit on, uh-huh. you decided there was a market for this, but more importantly than just you doing all of this with your group of friends, there's all the fans who are, who are like, yeah, that's totally awesome. And that's the part that I look at and go, why must it be? It's not, of course there's always fucked up people putting out bullshit. That's guaranteed. Everywhere. Yeah. It's how many people support it. You know, that's it. Real talk. Oh, um, so, uh, folks should email us. Yes. Um, yellowperil.magicalnegro at gmail.com. Um, the, uh, just want to give a quick shout out to Nergasm Noir. Yes. And 8-Bit Animal. Yes. For doing some dope stuff. Um, can we shout out, shout out the read? Oh, yes, the let's read. shout out the read. The I read is the awesome. Read. Um, and next week we're going to do 80s cartoons, which should be fun, full transformations, and all kinds of drama. Especially considering that we watched really different 80s cartoons. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace.